Uh, hello and welcome to another episode of Adventure They Wrote Short Rest. I'm Jason, the producer, a.k.a. Max the Goblin Detective. And uh, I'm really excited because I am joined by Teos and Sean, who are both authors on the new D&D Acquisitions Incorporated book, which comes out June 18th. And I wrote down in my notes after talking to Sean a little bit ago that the NDA is still in place. So I have to be very aware and very specific in the questions that I have. How are you two doing? Doing great. Thank you. Yeah, doing doing fine. Looking forward to talking with you. Excellent. So uh, who are you guys and where would our listeners recognize your work? I will go first since I'm older and wiser. True. Or at least older. So my name is Sean Merwin. I've been working as a freelancer in the RPG industry since about 2000. Uh, most of my work has been with Wizards of the Coast. Uh, over those years, I've helped or administer three organized play campaigns. Um, for third edition, I helped out with Living Greyhawk and Zendric Expeditions. And for fourth edition, I helped run the Living Forgotten Realms campaign. But I've also written for other organized play campaigns. Um, for products that I've worked on, for 4E, I've worked on Dungeon Delve and Assault on Nightworm Fortress, as well as the Halls of Undermountain. D&D Encounters, I worked on two seasons for that, The War of Everlasting Darkness and Against the Cult of Chaos. Um, when D&D Next rolled around, I helped out with the book Ghosts of Dragonspear Castle. And then for 5th edition, for the Adventures League, I have written quite a bit uh, and have written on forthcoming books as well, including the one we're going to talk about. And outside of D&D, I have also done work for Pelgrane Press on their Dracula dossier book oh, cool. and Modifius Entertainment Star Trek Adventures book. I helped out with that. Awesome. Whew. Yeah. Wow, Sean, you must be tired. I am. I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed. <laughs> uh, my name is Teos Abadia, and I have had the pleasure of working with Sean on several projects. And some of my favorites are convention events that have taken place. Uh, we worked together on the uh, Confrontation at Candlekeep event that took place at Gen Con and PAX, a super fun multi-table uh, event where people would come together and, and play to take down a big major threat. I've worked on um, something linked to Acquisitions Incorporated, which was the Cloud Giants Bargain Adventure that, that was came cool. out in movie theaters, which is a I got that. I was at Did Dragon you? Con that year, and I it was the first year that I ever missed PAX. And uh, I took an Uber from Dragon Con out to the only theater in the area that was doing the, uh, the event. And uh, there were, I don't know, maybe two dozen of us from Dragon Con that went out there. And we <laughs> had the theater to ourselves, and we all got a copy. And I, it's still in my, on my shelf. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. It's one of the favorite things that I've uh, had the pleasure of writing. I also recently helped uh, Dwarven Forge with their Dungeon of Doom adventure, which is available free on their website. And they, uh, they are a ter terrain manufacturer. They make really cool 3D terrain. And every year they launch a Kickstarter. And I wrote the uh, adventure um, along with one of their staff members. And I'm actually working right now on their next one to support the previous Kickstarter they just launched last year, Caverns Deep. Awesome. Beyond that, I've written a number of things that are on the DM Guild, some Adventurously, and some other convention events. Rad. So what is the D&D Acquisitions Incorporated book about that you can tell us with the NDA in place? 
Tish, you're better at the marketing speak. You go ahead. <laughs> well, so th- there has been a fair amount of information that's come up in the in the last month. So we can certainly kind of uh, put our own spin on that. What the book tries to do is a number of things. It's been shared that it has a campaign that starts you out at level one and takes you up to, what is it, level? Level six, I think. Level six. Yep. Uh, so it starts you out on your your franchise adventure. And if you've seen Acquisitions Incorporated, you've seen how a, a lot of what takes place in that style of play is the idea that you're not just working as a, a bunch of you know six characters or however many. You're actually in a company and you own a franchise the way someone might have a McDonald's uh, beholden to the overall McDonald's king. Uh, I'm sure that's how it works. Uh, in this case, you have a franchise from the Acquisitions Incorporated world and you are subservient to the Acquisitions Incorporated famous people that you might see on these live streams uh, where they play D&D. And so the, the uh, adventure centers around that. Then you also have a bunch of rules that help you have that Acquisitions Incorporated experience and that franchise experience. And it's been shared that there are uh, a number of, of uh, uh, class features that you can get, some spells. Um, there are monsters. Uh, I think some of the art there might suggest what some of them are. And a lot of what, what we did was capture, help, help an individual uh, home campaign, capture the feeling that they get when they see an Acquisitions Incorporated adventure, that sense of fun, that sense of humor, right? That it's really, it's, it's, it's funny. You want to laugh and do kind of wacky things and stretch beyond maybe what your typical game provides to you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything Teo said. Uh, it's really w- what we're trying to show is there can be different ways to play D&D, right? So the rules are the same, but kind of the focus of, of the game, the stakes maybe, the internal tropes are kind of turned on their ear a little bit. Comedy RPGs aren't really about writing things funny because the funny needs to be brought by the players. Yeah, for sure. But you can, you can create comedic situations which is what the Acquisitions Incorporated world does well, right? It puts people into funny situations that they can draw the comedy out of. But AI isn't just comedy. There's some pretty dark stuff going on there. As anyone who has seen capitalism in the 21st century knows, there's some really dark stuff going on. And so that is also something that can be captured in an Acquisitions Incorporated sort of themed game. And uh, a couple of things, I was looking over my list of, I keep a list of things that, I, that have been uh, announced so that I can know that I can say those things. <laughs> uh, so it's been revealed that uh, there are rules for how to advance your franchise. So your organization grows as you do. Yeah, which is really cool. And so one of the nice things is not only did we look at how to change the genre, you know, to have these new elements in your play, of play available to you, but also we looked at new things that are really sort of mechanical things and new experiences that have real meat to them. So this franchise growth is something, you know, if you look at old versions of D&D that say, great, and at level X, the fighter gets a tower, right? And the wizard gets a laboratory of some sort and, and a church for the cleric. So this is almost like that, but with real rules behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, how could you have this enterprise? Uh, there are also eight positions, and it's been disclosed that those things are separate from anything else that's currently in the rules of benefits your character gets. So it's an extra layer, which is like your occupation within the franchise or specialization. 
Yeah, I've been really looking forward to that specifically. Uh, I've been watching the C team for a really long, you know, like since it started. And yeah. uh, the whole, all of the different jobs, the documenter, the decisionist, the cartographer, the hordes person that we see in the C team proper. Can you talk about the other four positions? They've all been named. Uh, in fact, Dragon Plus, Dragon Plus magazine has art for all of them. Oh, nice. So, but uh, I don't know that we can share much about them. I think a lot of what's been shared so far has been sort of humor. Like they'll say like, uh, Secretarian, gee, that has the word secret in it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, things like that. Uh, but I think each of them offers something that's uh, a little different than maybe the name would indicate. It's, it's more than just the name. So cartographer is not just the ability to make maps. If you watch the C team, you see that being a cartographer somehow allows you to sort of almost do what in a video game we'd call map travel, but in a very creative way mm -hmm. where the player who's the cartographer has to sort of explain what they're doing. And, and so we took all of those elements from the C team and gave them some, uh, some mechanics and grounding that would work for any, any campaign. Yeah. And the brilliance, the brilliance of this is, and you could see uh, Jerry Holkins, you know, the, the man behind Tycho Brahe and all of AI is that he took things that players would do naturally in a game and just made a, a corporate version of that. Right? right. So someone would always make the maps for the party back in the day. So obviously the cartographer, someone would keep track of the treasure, mm -hmm. you know? And so he just, he took something that was naturally in the game and made it part of this overall corporate structure, which was just, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Now, I guess my first big question is, how did you two become involved with this project? Because I know that the Penny Arcade guys have been floating this around and talking about it for a long time. How did you two become involved, and how did it become an official uh, Wizards of the Coast D&D &D product? I'm going to start Teos because my story is boring and then you can tell the fun stuff. <laughs> sure. Okay. So in June of 2016, I was at Origins and someone from Wizards of the Coast asked me if I would work on a project that would be released at PAX East, which is like two and a half months after Origins, which is a very short turnaround. And I'm not smart enough to know what I can't do. So I said, sure. And it turned out that what they wanted was to have these little short intro adventures set in the AI world that new players to D&D could come in. Since they were probably familiar with AI or with Penny Arcade already, this would be kind of a, an on-ramp for them to get into D&D. So I created these four short one-hour to 90-minute uh, adventures, and they could come in as quote-unquote AI interns take a short training session and then play this adventure. And so I had done this for the Adventures League already several times over by that point. So it was it was just kind of second nature. I got a fairly detailed uh, outline from Wizards that came from the Penny Arcade folks. So it was just a matter of taking this mass of information that they wanted in this adventure and filing it down until it was a playable uh, ch chunk of adventure. And so I turned it in and I could not afford to go to uh, PAX. So I just turned it in and said, boy, I hope it goes well. And, <laughs> and now I will let Teos finish. 
<laughs> so it, it went really well as the, the spoiler alert there. Uh, it, it, and the same, that was the same PAX where Cloud Giants Bargain released. And I was at PAX West and I, I've been to PAX West a lot of years. Um, I mean, probably for 10 years going with just missing one or two of them. And I've never seen anybody that's, you know, a member of the Penny Arcade team at the convention, never stumbled into them or anything like that outside of seeing them up on a stage, right? Right. And I'm working the D&D area and up comes Jerry Holkins. And so I'm like, oh my God, it's Jerry Holkins. So I'm like, hey, you know, uh, would you sign basically Sean's adventure? Because I didn't have a copy of mine yet. So, and he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, oh, this adventure is so cool. He's like, oh, and have you tried Cloud Jogs Bargain? I'm like, well, actually I wrote it. He's like, you wrote that? And so I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this experience. <laughs> and he just kind of says, you know, it would be awesome if we could do more. I'm like, well, if you ever want to do more, you know, you, you know what Sean and I can do. I'm sure we'd love to do that. Well, to make this, ver this, this a shorter story, at the same PAX, I ran into him three other times. Right. I've never seen, and, and I haven't seen them since then at a con. Like it's just things are that busy for them and for anyone at a con. Right. But I ran into them four times at this one convention. And by the end of it, we'd exchanged contact information and we had a couple of calls and kept going back and forth and sort of saying like, yeah, this would be great. And then finally at one point, uh, it seemed serious enough that I said, well, great. If we're really going to do a book, I want somebody, you know, I'm not going to do, do this just by myself. I need somebody who's written a couple of these books before. And I knew I'd worked with Sean before. I knew Sean was just a, an incredible talent. And so I said, great, Sean, you're the perfect pick. You've done AI before. You know the genre. You, you can, you know, you've delivered before. And you know books and, and all this. And so we got together with him. And then we both, we were asked to recommend an editor. And immediately we both said the name uh, Scott Fitzgerald Gray because he's just amazing when it comes to editing and shepherding a project through all the stages and then we had all the penny arcade folks and then several other people who helped with it and it began to really happen but it was really just i'd say just incredible luck mm -hmm. and on the wizards of the coast side we we weren't involved with that but jerry has told this story in interviews where they were planning on doing a kickstarter for this book and they, as a courtesy, told Wizards, oh, by the way, we're doing this book. And Wizards said, well, can we look at it? And they did. And then they said, why don't we partner and publish it? That's and cool. Jerry, <laughs> you know, that's a dream of Jerry's. And so that's how Wizards got involved. That's so rad. The Penny Arcade guys and all of the surrounding Acquisitions Incorporated employees and interns, they've been playing in this world for over a decade was it daunting to think about that when you started to sit down and write about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is, but it's not because you have to do two things. The first thing is don't think about it. Sure. If you're going into a project like that, I've, I've gotten to write for Greyhawk and for the Forgotten Realms and for Dark Sun and for Star Trek and for a ton of other IPs that are much more hefty than, than AI is right, right so it's it's not that intimidating if you're not intimidated by those other things but you really just have to turn your mind off and say this is just another job even though it's not and you have to say i can do this even if you can't and <laughs> forge ahead and and do the best job you can without worrying about what's come before except for the research that you have to do to make sure that you pay homage to what has come before 
I think also that on a project like this, you know you can't capture all of it. So you're trying to capture some of it and parts that will really resonate. I mean, obviously, I, I, I mean, it's not obvious, but I did watch through every single AI live show again. Uh, and you do it at, sorry, that's my dog in the background, but you do it at some multiplier of speed to, you know, get through all of these videos uh, and catch, but, but again, you don't need to catch the details. What you need to just is get the higher level of what, is, what are the themes, what are the elements that resonate and represent enough of those so that you're creating that experience for people. And I went all the way back to the very first podcasts of, you know, fourth edition from what? 2008. Yep. And, uh, and just started listening. And like Teo said, get the feel for it. But then if you hear something that catches your, your attention, whether it's like a detail that you can turn into a spell or a detail that can become something more, right. then you, you jot that down. Uh, but otherwise, you just kind of let it wash over you when you try to capture the feel of it. That's awesome. Now, this book is going to rely very heavily on the lore that has been cultivated through the C-Team, especially with the different occupation titles and, and the way that they work. But is there anything, uh, like you were saying, that you pulled from the A-Team games or the podcasts that have come before? Short answer, yes. Uh, I can't really go into detail on what that is because that gets into more specifics of what is actually in the book. Gotcha. But definitely... Uh, from the very first episode, I grabbed some ideas about things, and as Teo said, you know, all the way through to the most, even the most recent C Team episodes, there's there's stuff that we're taking from. That's cool. Yeah, it's probably worth saying that one of the reasons we can't talk about things, it's it's not just to preserve the sort of surprise element or to not spoil things, but because we write. At sort of the beginning, uh, you know, there's some idea gathering and, and, and meetings that we have, but we kind of write at the beginning and we do our best job to represent this world and, and create these neat ideas. And then it goes to other people, including the Penny Arcade team, who go through it and add their pieces and modify, right? So they might go, well, that's a great idea, but you know what I think would capture my game best, says Jerry, right? Right. Says Mike. And they, they might massage that, change that, add to it, remove something. And so it, it would be, uh, you know, we could, we could say the wrong thing because it's not just our work, right? It's the work of many people put together. And, and then it goes to the Wizards team. The Wizards team, because this ended up being a partnership with Wizards, uh, they did a number of changes. You know, the art might come in and create, spark an idea. And so there, there's a lot that could have changed between us and the end. Yeah, and we we should mention Alyssa Grant right now because oh, she yeah. is the person who was able to pull all of this stuff together. And you know, even coordinating between two or three people is a huge undertaking. And she was coordinating not just Teos and and me and Scott, but also all the artists and wizards and everybody at Penny Arcade. And so, you know, without her heavy heavy lifting on this, it wouldn't have been even a possibility, uh, much yeah. less coming to fruition like this. She's really amazing. The yep. amount of work that she does is mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Because the project spans some time, both from the beginning when we were talking about it and then once we were truly doing the work, we got to see that where they really are going from convention to convention in addition to everything else that they do as a company. Right. And I, it's unbelievable they get anything done. <laughs> I uh, I got to sit in on a podcast panel with her at Emerald City Comic Con, and just listening to her talk about this, like this genre that I feel like I have a lot of experience in, and I have a lot of expertise because I've been producing for fifteen years and all this stuff. But listening to her talk 
and the amount of both technical and just kind of intuitive knowledge that she has was really fantastic. I just want to sit and talk to her about anything, really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't, can't argue with any of that. She, she does a really nice job of understanding everybody else who is a part of it, let's say, uh, the camera films, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the audience and bringing those two elements together. She's really, she really has uh, a, an eye for that. It's, yeah, it, it's so funny. I just remember the first time I ever talked to her was back when the C-Team first started. I was just a fan talking about it on the radio because I did afternoon weather breaks on Jack FM and uh, I had 30 seconds to talk about whatever I wanted. So C-Team broadcasted on Wednesdays. So on Wednesdays, I would say, hey, don't forget C-Team starting in 40 minutes or whatever. (laughs) And so I reached out to try to get the intro music to the C-Team without lyrics so that I could put it underneath my weather breaks. And uh, she responded almost immediately and sent me everything I needed and was very excited and had heard my breaks earlier on the radio already. And so like all of that, just, I don't know, it just kind of adds to the, the myth and the lore that is Alyssa Grant. Yeah. True story. yeah. Now let's see here. What was it like applying a business acumen to a D and D setting? This question is from Kat Kruger. <laughs> hey Kat. You know, for me, I think it was made easier by the example that the AI folks set up, where there are sometimes when you try to combine, uh, you know, two flavors and they don't work. And other times it's chocolate and peanut butter. And that's how they do it, right? They, they have, it feels like D&D. And then it has this layer on top of it that's somehow not anachronistic and somehow not you know, it doesn't pull you out, right? It still keeps you in the sense of playing a D&D game. And then it adds a, a layer of, uh, you kind of understand what everybody's trying to achieve and it makes it funnier. And so we tried to represent that in the language that we used. Uh, and I think one of the things, you know, Sean, maybe you can talk about this too, but as I've written different funny things, you, you sort of learn to, to use phrasing that's inviting. Like you're, you're not telling a joke, but you're giving sort of ingredients that DMs and players can use to create their joke around all these things that are happening, the yeah. situations you're developing. Right. You, you, you rely on the experience of your audience to carry the joke for you. And we're, we live in a world where we all understand corporate things in some way, whether you know we watch The Office on, on TV or whether we work in an office or we just have to go to the DMV at some point in our lives. You know, we understand bureaucracy and and the, the silly rules that go along with things in our life. So we, you, you don't force that into D&D, but you, you find where it's already there and you just massage it until it comes out. I worked at, uh, for a software company for the last 20 years, and a lot of our business was either with nonprofits or with the government or with higher education. And every single one of those things is its own different beast, but it all has that world behind it that is silly and unnecessary, but so real that it's, you know, you're, you're almost playing a game no matter what you're doing in life. Right. So playing, making a game out of it for D&D isn't really that much of a stretch. I will say some of my favorite lines from the live games or from the podcast is when Jerry 
is in omen mode and is talking about contracts and his Mm -hmm. love of contracts or when he signed the deal with the devil for that one time (laughs) and made sure that he read all of the fine print and uh, tried to hide his own fine print into the, the contract that he was writing. I, it, that little stuff just, it really sticks out. Yeah. And the great thing about, about the whole run of acquisitions incorporated up to this point was when you go back and listen to the very first podcast, you know, they're just playing D and D, but they make an offhand joke about some corporate thing and it sticks. So then you make the next joke and that sticks. And so you could see it building up organically just through gameplay, mm-hmm. how it's all going to mesh together. And so going back and re-watching or re-listening to all that helped me bring it into the game more organically, just as they did, you know, originally. Yeah. Speaking of things that the different members of current members of Acquisitions Incorporated have talked about, um, we have been told that there are plenty of notes and little quips and asides from those members inside the book. Did you guys have input on what they did or was that all them? It was primarily them. It was a strategy that, uh, that Jerry and Mike and Alyssa had from the beginning, which was this idea of almost like if you look at Volos or Xanathars, where there are notes from those authors in those right. books, um, that they, they feel like sticky notes, right? Well, in this case, it's even more so right? More applicable. The idea of a sticky note being thrown on. So imagine the Acquisitions Incorporated team reading this book and, you know, adding their commentary to it. Like, how fun is that, right? Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. That's one of my favorite um, parts of Volos and of Xanathar's. Yeah. And, and that's also been said that they, uh, that all the various cast members uh, got to work on, on representing their characters in the book. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And you can find stats for all of them. So then, then they had a, a hand in reviewing that and looking at that. Uh, you both have worked on convention play in your past writing with D&D and other games. Uh, will there be any convention play for this book in particular? The answer is we don't know. Other than if we take the book when it comes out, go to a convention and run it ourselves. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which I will uh, we- definitely do. Yeah, well, we were, you know, we're huge fans of convention play. Um, and of course, you know, the Penny Arcade guys run conventions. So I'm sure everybody would love to do it. I think a lot of it depends on how, how well the book goes, right? If, it, if it's really big enough, then maybe that could be supported. You guys are both going to be at the D&D Live Descent event later this month. Uh, is there anything exciting that you guys are willing to share about your appearances there? I will be there to help run the D&D Epic that's going to be playing there three times over the weekend. And uh, it should be a lot of fun, I hope. I, I got to write it with Will Doyle and James Intracasso. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and we, we, the three of us worked on the previous D&D Open. And before that, Teos was part of the team that worked on the Open. So we're no strangers to that. And so I'm looking forward to that to see how it goes as they announce the new storyline and the new book. um, I think people will be very hyped about what's coming. Yeah, I'm there to help run it as well. I I think it's going to be great. I mean, there's some amazing DMs that are going to be there running these events. I think every admin is flying in and will be running the epic. Uh, It should be an incredible, incredible event. 
Yeah, it sounds awesome. I'm really upset that I am not able to make it. I have guests that are going to be in town here in Seattle that weekend. And uh, so I'm going to try to watch what I can uh, live, but I will most likely see most of it on the video on demand option. Oh, yeah. That's still a lot of fun. That's how I did uh, last year's event. Yeah, I, I loved watching the stream of many eyes, so I'm excited about this year's too. Yeah. Teos, you said that you have written for DMs Guild, and it's been a, a really fantastic place to find new stuff that has been written by other people. Uh, are you guys looking forward to DMs Guild stuff that will complement the Acquisitions Incorporated book? Well, I'm really curious whether that'll be allowed, right? So normally when there's a release, the DMs Guild may or may not then have a, an additional clause that says, okay, now Ravenloft is open for business. You know, people can contribute. Eberron, okay, people can contribute. And so it's not clear whether this one will be allowed or not. So maybe that's a place where fans can, you know, drum up some interest and see what happens. Interesting. Yeah, even if they don't, even if they're not allowed to use uh, Acquisitions Incorporated IP, they could still write stuff that would be, you know, supported by this book. You just might not be able to use all those, um, you know, all those names. For sure. I've already pre-ordered the book. I pre-ordered it the, the day that they announced it at PAX East because I wanted the pin that goes with it. Yeah. And uh, I'm very excited about that. So I'm, I really appreciate both of you talking to me and uh, talking to our listeners about this really cool book that's coming out. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, lots of fun. Uh, is there anything that either of you would like to leave with our listeners before we sign off? Sure. If you want to see more of my work, you can find it on the DMs Guild as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean Merwin or listen to my D&D podcast called Down with D&D. One of my favorite podcasts. Uh, you can find my work on the DMs Guild as well. And uh, my list of everything I have available is also found through my website, alphastream.org. And I'm on Twitter at alphastream. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. My Thanks, so much. Thanks a lot. Once again, I want to say a huge, huge thank you to Sean Merwin and Teos Abadia for joining us on this episode of The Short Rest, talking about Acquisitions Incorporated. Man, I'm very excited about this book. I don't know if you could tell in the interview, but I am super, super excited. And thank you for listening to the episode. Once again, don't forget, you can follow Sean and Teos. Teos is at AlphaStream on Twitter. Sean is at Sean Merwin. And Sean's podcast is at DownWithDND. Next week, we are back with episode two of the Omni's Dragon. Omni's Dragon, however you want to pronounce it. I realized after we posted episode one that I was probably saying it wrong. I had misspelled it every time I had written it down and had to go through and edit a bunch of things. So anyway, I really hope that you are enjoying the second season and our second story here at Adventure They Wrote. As always, thank you for listening. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for the use of their awesome sounds. Check them out, tabletopaudio.com. And as always, tune in next time for more mystery.